he is a Dark Angels player. There's always just that other side to all of that, right? He's just he's just one one quick step from Fallen. That's all. When I say I'll do it, everybody should question me. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Stat Check, episode 32. This is Interview with a Greater Demon. I am Ennis. I am joined by Jeremy and Nathan, our perennial hosts, and also the Greater Demon himself, TJ, self-styled Lord of Chaos. Nobody else calls him that, but we're going to let him have it for this one. Yeah. Thank you for being with us, TJ. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for letting me have that. Uh, you know, That's fine. Nobody can take it off you. <laughs> That's true. Someone's Someone's got to take it off me, okay? Is that a request? We can uh, make sure this is like Nosk could probably be well, like. Well, thankfully, I don't have to worry too much because Don Hoosen plays Death Guard. So I, you know, you don't have to compete there. So it's pretty good. No chance. You just pick, stick to the other three factions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I stay in my lane. Anyway, we are not joined this week by one Anthony J.V. Vanella because he is uh, in Scotland, which is really weird given that me too. But uh, no, I spent the weekend with him. It was good fun. Uh, he's over with his missus visiting um so he's not gonna be here this week because it felt kind of weird to be on holiday and just get one of his nights on holiday to come and chat to us ideas so yep we're not doing that uh so anthony will be back with us next week yep he flies on saturday so we will uh have him next week and he can tell us all about his wonderful experiences of staying on bride's house with his wonderful cats we're other than that out of actually seeing the castle in edinburgh this time he did yeah no i made sure uh, we pointed out from the roof of the museum and everything um he's nice. not sure how he missed it last time <laughs> how have you guys been we'll start top left corner jeremy how you been i've uh, been pretty good i've uh, been getting ready putting the last few details together for a gt that i'm running this weekend um yeah just finished doing list checks no, thankfully no one's submitted an illegal list uh one person forgot to submit a list which is always funny um and of course in true nothing ever goes perfectly well uh, my co-runner of the event revealed the list half a day early. Hell yeah. Uh, how many you have signed up right now? 34. Nice. That's 36 with two drops, which is a nice, it's a nice size. Um, yeah. The place yeah. we're, that we're holding it in holds 40 comfortably, 50 butt to butt. So that number is just right. Nice. And it meets the criteria for an official event according to Gunnar and Snodjack, which is It does. Good. Now... It's going to be a wild weekend this weekend with both the ITT and Cherokee going on. And then also someone has an event in Philly. Philly. Yep. All right. Nathan, what have you been up to? Ah, I can never do this right. Um, I mostly have just been working, but I did get us our Patreon TTS League ready up and running and announced. So if you want to join a TTS League with just a whole heck of a lot of people in it, so you may end up playing Innis. Or Jeremy, or actually even TJ. I think TJ's in it as well. Um, we are. Yeah. I think Scary joined it too, yeah, which is interesting. Scary's yeah. coming too, man. We're all going There's... on the National Mystery Tour. Anthony's going to play too. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's going to be good. There's so there's like at least forty people in it now. So if you join the Patreon, you can join our TTS league and possibly just get you know completely and utterly annihilated by your. Or you can make one of us really sad on stream, which would also be funny. 
yes. also would be funny. <laughs> Otherwise, I've been painting guard models. I've been playing guard in a crusade locally, which is probably not the nicest thing that I've ever done to anybody in my life. Did you, know, you also play Tyranids last time? I did. Yeah, there is a special place in hell for, for what you're doing to those people. <laughs> so the thing is, is like I need the motivation like week to week to paint. Otherwise, oh. I just don't get any motivation to do it. And it's not even about the games. It's because I get little points from our league for doing hobby. So, so as long as I'm rewarded. It's like crushing the soul out of someone on a weekly basis basically gives you the drive to paint more of these models. You're like, man, if I had this guy painted too, I could beat you even harder than I beat you last week. You got, so. you got to think. Most oh, of us can paint players. We paint we paint models for events. This is what Zero Events does to a motherfucker. Nathan's just like, <laughs> not going to tournaments. He's like, just got to beat up on his local Crusade League. It's like, so this yeah. is what you're all being saved on by us going to all the I, majors, is that we're not beating up our local Crusade Leagues, and that means we're better people than Nathan. I definitely didn't take some plus one ballistic skill, reroll ones to hit Kasserkin, and then roll them at somebody. <laughs> it wasn't the nicest thing I've done, but you definitely learn where like edge case units start to just become totally busted like real fast. Yeah, it's in the guard codex. You didn't have to go further. <laughs> yeah. You open it, close it. We're good. I got it, guys. Yeah, that's true. Um, other than that, I've just been painting those. I've been staring longingly at like ever. Yeah, I do drink, uh, Luke McCarthy. I do drink the tears of others for motivation. I'm glad you finished. I really should things. just be playing a Chaos Demons army based on that description alone, but I do not. So that's why. And making people sad with Crusade rules in order to help me motivate pain. How was your weekend, Ines? Uh, yeah, it was good. It was really good, actually. Um, so Anthony and Anna, uh, Anthony's missus, are over in Scotland. So I went and crashed on Brian's couch for two days. I was meant to stay for a day. I stayed for three. Um, you know, the wonderful ways of just keeping you there. Uh, I was like, no, you can't leave. I'm like, I, I guess we'll go drink more. Um, so we did like a, all of, a bunch of touristy stuff in Edinburgh. I saw the castle, went to a bunch of nice bars. It was a good time. I can't complain. That, that means I didn't do much for 4K. I played so, one game with World Eaters and went first into guard and had a great time. And then I thought about what would have happened if I'd gone second. And it involved a lot of sitting in my side of the board being like, sure I'm scoring points. Um, so I'm glad I went first. It was a lot more enjoyable that way. Maybe not for Chris, but you know, that's not important. I uh, saw so the new Ant-Man and the Wasp film, uh, Ant-Man film as well, which was fine. Oh, nice. It was fine. Uh, no complaints, but it could have been better. Oh, I like this entire phase, right? Like all the movies, this phase have been like, yep, yeah, it was okay. I think Shang Chi was like the best one I saw. That was like, man, that was awesome. And then from there, it just went straight downhill. Yeah, Shang Chi was like, this is going to be a cool phase, and then it wasn't. Yep. I was like, uh, well, it's a whole bunch. It's been a whole bunch of movies that are like six out of tens that would be like nine out of tens with like two tiny changes, and you're just sitting there like, I really wish they just changed that. That's been this my is why general experience. This is why instead of Marvel movies, you go watch The Last of Us on HBO and watch like really solid entertainment instead. I mean, yeah, they do a great job. Oh. They've been doing great. Nathan, you have to remember, we play 40K, which means that we always choose the lesser form of entertainment. Like there are other oh. things we could be doing, but we've chosen this life. So Marvel <laughs> movies and Star Wars is our law. That's <laughs> just a little bit of suffering in every single fandom you participate exactly. in. I get it. You're not allowed yeah, to yeah, it could be worse. You could be like a DC fan. He could be telling you about like, I don't know, the new, you know, Black Adam movie he watched don't. or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it could always be worse, guys. It could be. Like we it could can. be start we could be a just sigma players. Like there's always like there's always someone next door who's suffering more. 
but you know as 40k players it's always a little bit like what if i just gotten really good at computer games um that's that's the one that always sits in. i can be making so much more money uh, yep <laughs> anyway that is uh tj how has your weekend been or your last week or just generally how has your 40k been since lvo it's been good. You know, I, uh, I made it up to the great, the great North, um, played in a, a, a GT there. I went uh, five and one, uh, lost in the finals, um, by two points, which was crazy. Uh, definitely should have won that game. But, um, when you go from an army where you have total control, which is like my thousand sons and flamers with like a hundred plus games, I know literally everything about that game, um, to an army that I just didn't have enough practice. Like you quickly find, that you understand that I need more practice. You're like, this is just not enough. So that was one of those moments where if I would have had more practice, I would have realized I needed to push a turn earlier, which would have allowed me to win that game. But instead it did not. So uh, we've got a GT this weekend. Uh, I've been painting lots of painting. Um, hopefully I'll get some skull cannons soon that I'll paint up as well because the skull cannons I have, I realized are missing even more parts than I thought. So. I got two from a friend a long time ago, and I just did nothing with them. And then I was like, oh, fuck, I need skull cannons. So I pulled them out, and I was like, man, these are in really bad shape. So like, I painted them for the, um, for the event in Canada, and then it was kind of like, all right, well, that's bad. So then I bought one to fix two. Like, I bought a brand new one to fix two, and then I was like, yeah, no, I need a lot more parts. These are really bad. Um, and like the mold lines are like insane. And like, I'm like scraping stuff off and like repriming stuff. And then like yesterday, the underside of the tank or the, the whatever, the vehicle has teeth, like it has a teeth grill on the bottom, which connects like basically like flesh with some skulls coming out of it. Well, I paint the teeth on one of them. I go to paint the other one. It's just not there. Like it's just missing the whole bottom. Like, uh, okay. So we're going to get some uh, skull cannons from an undisclosed source. And hopefully that will fix, um, that will fix that issue. Um, but yeah, so we are just trying to paint them till they look presentable for this weekend as well. So that's fair. Your source just needs to know how fast you need them. I mean, I'll, I'll be fine this week. You know, it's okay. It's not a big deal. Uh, yeah, you just rule the dorm really... playtesting. Yeah. Um, but it is it is a rough, rough uh, vehicle because of, like, one of them's missing its tongue coming out of the front. Like, one has a tongue, one doesn't have a tongue. Then, like, one doesn't have a bottom part. And then one of them's missing, like, two of the pipes on the back. Then both of them are missing, like, the pipe grills on the sides. I had to put the skulls on a one because I thought I was fixing that one. But that one even needs more parts. I'm like, I oh, fuck this shit. I'm just going to get two from somewhere else. And we're just going to paint these guys to an, uh, to well below my normal paint. Mine are definitely missing the attendance at this point. Like, I don't know where they are. I'm just like, they're, they yeah, used they're to here exist. somewhere. Yeah, they, they might be on bases in my blood letter squad. How would I know at this point? <laughs> I have the chariot. I have the character one. I have the, the Ren Master on the blood, whatever, blood piece. I don't know. Whatever that. Whatever he's called. I have one of those. That one looks great. That one's got all the stuff, except that the swords are basically bent, which is fine. That's an easy fix. You just cut those cut those boys off, and then you just put some new swords on there. No problem. But these two, I don't know where these, these like fell down a well. 
and then like got picked up and then they were like here you go dj and i was like oh thanks man and i just never took a look at them until it was too late and yeah now, now we know on this last edition that, that's the main thing is in all honesty, you get them last you in the last couple of minutes have spent more time talking about skull cannons than gw did for all of seventh and eighth so well, they, they why should we talk about skull cannons before we go into stats why should we even care about skull cannons explain i mean they're great man 90 points for those guys so they were more expensive than they than than they are now they went down in points so basically first things first it's nine wounds for 90 points that's like 10 points a wound at toughness seven so both of those stats are really good for 90 points like if it did nothing else you'd be like this thing hangs out in my backfield it's Toughness seven, nine wounds. Then it has a four up, four up just all the time. So that's great. Just built in four up saves all the time. Shooting in melee is not something that we normally get for demons other than the greater demons. Like the greater demons all have four pluses in combat and shooting. Great. No one else has that except for like the characters. So for the skull cannons to have that, that's really awesome. And then lastly, uh, well, two things is one, they, they, they fire pretty good. Uh, it's uh, D3 plus three, and uh, it's blast. So, you know, that's real good. Uh, then it's strength eight, nate two, and ignores cover. And it's two damage flat. So it's a great marine killer, which I don't know if you guys know, we are currently in a marine meta. So No, I don't think that's No, true. definitely not. Uh, I felt really bad for the Grey Knight player that I played at that GT because I think I killed 20 of his intercessors just with the shooting or interceptors. Whatever the jump pack guys were, I literally killed like twenty of them. And he was just yeah, I'm shooting gray knights with two corn, two corn chariots. That's it. It's super fun. The whole game, he just kept trying to shoot it too. Like he kept trying to shoot things into them, and he was like, "What is? Oh like, yeah, toughness seven and four up. Whoop, yep, still alive." And it doesn't degrade because it's only nine wounds. So you know, he would like he got one down to I think three wounds, and they're just running around like, "All right, cool, man, whatever." And then I think he tried to bring a unit of melee into it. And like their blood letters on top of that thing. So they just jumped off and they were like, yes, anyway, uh, neg three, two damage flat, just no. So yeah, they're great. I really am a big fan. I wish they were core, but that's okay. They would be nine points if they were core. They, yeah, you're right. They'd probably be like 200 points if they were core, even though that would give them almost no benefit whatsoever. It, would, it wouldn't matter. Games Workshop would be like, core, right? Cool. So yeah, I, I love them. I think they're great. Um, just a really solid backfield objective holder. It's got a pretty large base. That's really good for that kind of stuff. So, nice. Oh, makes total sense. Shall we do stats then? Yeah. So we have a. We'll have a cool announcement in a second, but I guess we can just quickly run through this last weekend stats, and then we'll show you the cool update to the meta dashboard that came out of Cliff's mind. He wanted something a little bit better with more stats on a page, so we brainstormed as a group and came up with something and he apparently made it live today so oh, yeah. i'll get to do some really crummy sharing my screen in just a second which will amuse everybody i'm sure can't um, be the lvo award ceremony so you know true i mean there won't be a powerpoint presentation that's missing anything it's just you might see okay. part of my screen that you i can really chat like an interesting like more player if that helps but you can Ooh. please no <laughs> Are you gonna sing 40k Jesus for us? Is that is that what you're going to do? No, that's definitely my limit. Okay. All right. For this last weekend, this won't come as a surprise. Um, but four of the top five factions are Marines by performance statistics. Um, 
Iron Hands are currently number one at 5% of the meta, 4.8%. They had a win rate of 61.9%. They won two events. They had three top fours, 10 top tens, and an overall overrip of 1.3, which means there's probably not a huge problem. There's definitely, definitely a problem there that needs to be addressed, preferably sooner rather than later by Games Workshop. Because that number can only get worse if it's already 62%. Uh, Black Templars are next. There's not a lot of them. 1.8%, just nine players over the weekend. 61.5% win rate. And because of their low meta representation, they have an overrep of 3.57, which is just ludicrous and not representative of at all. It's a reason why week-to-week statistics have faults. Um, Chaos Demons are the top-performing pure faction of the week, though. Making up 4.4% of the meta, that's less than Iron Hands. A win rate of 59.4. Three event wins, though. Four top ten, top fours, nine top tens, and an overrep of 1.95, which also is indicative of a problem. Oh, let's um, get that nerf coming, bro. Let's let's get it, man. No, no, no it's worth noting. I mean, Iron you definitely only seeing a 54% win rate over the over arcs of moment. Master Arslan's rolling to rage at 70%, but I can't see that being a problem. <laughs> There's definitely other things going on. And some of the stuff that Innis just mentioned is something that you can do in the new dashboard version. Uh, orcs are next in fourth position, 3.6% of the meta, a 58.4% win rate, one event win, two top fours, eight top tens, and a 1.19, so roughly balanced, which is good for orcs. Having played into orcs and some of these melee pressure builds, they are pretty frightening. I don't know. I know Ennis is never scared of orcs. Uh, unless there's just... like three people playing them, no, not really. Most orc players just like they, they think shitting in their hands and clapping is impressive. Like that's kind of like, I generally feel about orc players. It's like I mean, you did play Sean. I, I I felt like he uh, made you a little sweat under the collar there. No, I, I hard ended and still won that game by comfortable, by a comfortable margin. It was great. Uh, no, Seth, it's not that orcs aren't good according to Facebook. It's that the way that people want to play orcs isn't good because you can't play hordes anymore. True. That is also why tournaments are bad. Um, I don't know. Why. Blood, Blood Angels are still doing apparently okay, despite everybody thinking that they were probably going to die a horrible, horrible death. Uh, at least for one week, they did okay with a 57.3% win rate, but no event wins over the weekend. Uh, Gene Steeler Colt have fallen to just the third place overall. Pure faction, 2.8% meta representation, and a 55.1% win rate, but no event wins. A couple of the Cold Eye Killers Industrial Finning Work Envoy has a 71% win rate, though, which I'm sure is fine. It's definitely fine. It's totally okay for us to have some sub factions just with. Harlequin-esque win rates. It's yeah. totally great. They just average 3.5 and 1, 3.5, 1.5 at a tournament across every player. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. No problem there. Yeah, I'm not sure fine. this podcast average is that. Like, no. I mean, <laughs> you know, Games Workshop wrote an article about it. They said everything's fine, guys. It's very early on, but there's no data to, uh, you know, computate early on. They no say, these, these factions might be a problem, but we're going to not do anything about it now. We're going to wait a little while, see what happens. Mm-hmm. Guard is next. Uh, 7.5% of the meta. They finally have started winning events. They won two events over the weekend with a 53.9% win rate. 
and a 1.98 overrep with seven top fours and 12 top tens. So it does appear that guard players have finally figured out that born soldiers may be good, that there may be builds that they can build that will actually win events for a change instead of everybody trying to do their good old uh, artillery parks that they're used to with the yeah. earth shakers and nameplate engraved uh, tanks. No, it's all about those thud guns nowadays. It's way cooler <laughs> if you physically count like every model your tank has ever killed and like paint the line on mid game. If you if you're a couple that does that actually like hit me up, I would love to know what your life is like. Um. <laughs> and now we're gonna scroll down to the have nots because I'm gonna skip over a bunch of other people. There were only three world eaters players over the weekend. It's not that exciting. It was 0.6% of the meta and 53% win rate. I heard that there were a lot of RTTs over the weekend with world eaters in them. I there were a lot of three and zero and two and one world eaters this weekend at RTTs. It was I'm pretty coming. wild. It's coming. I definitely think that's an army that can just surprise people when it moves 22 inches right at you, and you're like, wait a second. I'm about GSC to drown. As well. Oh, uh, one bit of a side on the guard win rate. Uh, Born Soldiers sub uh, faction has a 59.4% win rate right now. Mm -hmm. Perfectly fine. Yep, totally. Totally fine. Our uh, bottom factions are also mostly marine factions. In fact, they're all marine factions except for Necrons. Um, Imperial Fist, Death Watch, and Raven Guard kind of make up the bottom of sub-10 player factions with 25, 26.7, and 32.5% win rates for those marine fundamentally factions. flawed codex. The duality of marines. <laughs> what about Admech? Is Admech somewhere down there? Ad Admech is actually in the middle now. They're 50 hey. players for the weekend, 3% of the meta, 46.1% win rate. So they're not... The worst faction, they got a single top 10 this weekend. That, that's something. You do, uh, fine. Hadbecker in the like, they're a little bit still in the sin bin, but like 46.3% is fine. If you're a good Hadbeck player, you'll win more than that. The average player will lose a little more. It's fine. I do think it's something really interesting, though, is that Chaos Space Marines are the lowest performing pure faction, followed by Necrons. Chaos Space Marines still have a healthy meta representation, although it's declined by about half, I think since it's now like 6.3%, and only have a 38.1% win rate at the moment. Mm. There is some like major differences between them because there still are some top fours. They had two top fours over the weekend and four top tens over the weekend, so they're not impossible, but there's definitely a duality there when you look at the sub-faction statistics for, the, for Chaos Space Marines. You can look at Emperor's Children, who apparently had like a 35% win rate or something like that. I think that was where That's it was. That's because Yassi doesn't play anymore. It's true. They've all abandoned him. Yeah, I think it's Chaos definitely. Spacers... Sorry, Nathan, please. Go... No, go ahead, Ines. I think Chaos Space is just one of those factions where they get a broad level faction abandonment when they're like, gone. But there are still some diehards who are playing them, getting good results. Like Ruffle Tass is still playing them for Black Legion still putting up numbers, but he was doing that before the new codex. So he'll still get them, which is why that faction is still going to see some top fours and top tens. But overall, the people who are still playing that faction are either those guys who are few and far between or people who just play Chaos Space Marines. And those guys are going to go for fun and they're going to have a reasonable time and their book's not great anymore. And that's going to drive the, like, there's a bit of have, there are a bit of people still doing great because they've got a lot of experience, they're good players, and then the average level of the book is just not great anymore. And then rounding out the bottom five performing pure factions, we have Necrons, Thousand Sons, Sisters, and then Tyranids. Uh, with a 42.3, 43, 43.8, and a 45.7% win rates, respectively. 
Um, the only one who had managed to get anything into the top fours was Tyranids. Tyranids managed to get three top fours and three top tens for a 1.89 overrep, despite the fact that they appear to be having kind of an abysmal time at, at large. Although they've also dropped to like a, a third of their representation at peak. Yeah. So Tyranids have basically just been abandoned completely by everybody except probably Alex McDougal, although I think Alex McDougal is now playing Gene Steeler Cole. He definitely is, yep. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Nathan, do you want to talk a little bit more about the update to the metadata dashboard now? Oh, yeah, I'm going to do this thing that everybody loves where I share my screen. I love it, um, <laughs> I'm sure everybody's going to love this in just a second when you all I think everybody see... loves it because it's a break from hearing me talk. Oh, so. here it is. So we we got an update to the metadata metadata dashboard, which is going to drive me absolutely nuts. Um, so as it says at the top, this was last updated by Cliff like this morning. He's made it a vertical scroll option so that on phones it looks a little bit better. So if you're on a computer, you're gonna just have to scroll down a little bit. And what we've added here is we have factions on the side. You can click on these and it will isolate them out. Nice. So you have faction um, win rate overrep and then player distribution. So that's the overall number percentage of the meta that each faction makes up. And then the really cool thing that I think everybody's gonna love is that there are sub-faction win rates in here. So if you click on Chaos Space Marines, it will isolate out all of the sub-faction win rates for the time period that you're looking at. So you can see Word Bears and Chaos Demons. So we do have some of our two options in here have a 90% win rate across five games played, although that average doesn't, I think that might have It's a 4 0 one to draw, yeah. It is 4 0 and one um, But you can now track how well sub-factions are doing in this update and compare them to each other. So our current number one sub-faction as of this exact moment is Word Bears and Chaos Demons. And then we have Master Shots. There's one above uh, that. There was one, there was a few at 100%. But... Oh, there are. Oh, it's Chaos Demons and Precision Cruelty. I missed one. That was one of the winning demon lists from this weekend. Yeah, it's uh, Chaos Demons with some Chaos Knights. Yep, two brigands with. What does Precision Cruelty do again, TJ? It's the oh. sixes to wound or plus one damage into AP. Yeah. Uh... It's good. It is real good. Um, it's not hundred pieces, but it's pretty good. The volume from brigands that may that can turn into quite a bit. But yeah, this will be helpful, I think, for a lot of people. You can look at the different win rates here, and we'll break it down by subfactions at the bottom. So you can click on different parts of this, and you can track all your fun stuff. The entire goal of this was in order for people to look at all the stats that we think are most useful for actually looking at the overall health of the meta, which is looking at meta representation. Overrepresentation, which is how representative faction is in top four as compared to their representation in the meta and their win rate. And then also lets you look at some faction data, which is something that we get a lot of questions about, about whether it's not overall faction health or whether sub faction win rates are actually more important to look at. So this will let you look at all of that at the same time. So hopefully you all will enjoy it, and then let us know if those you hate zeros and overrep for like imperial fists and that. <laughs> mm -hmm. There are definitely zeros in overrep, just because some factions just never make it. Um, so you have crimson fists, death watch, and imperial fists with zeros for overrep. That means they just never have never make a top four. Top four. White scars also no top fours in this particular. But Raven guard have. Oh. Yep. Raven guard have a two point one seven. 
And this is also where you guys will find out when you're looking at these low representation factions, like Raven Guard is 0.3% of the meta and have a 2.2% overrep. And that can just be That's the result like of guy. a player. <laughs> the other thing that I wanted to talk about, I'll stop sharing my screen now, no. is that I don't know if Jeremy wants to share the data of, of Marine faction representation at some point. But maybe we can later, where you can actually see that Marines are now over 20% of the meta. <laughs> yeah. Marines this past weekend were 23.2% of the meta. So for the longest time prior to this weekend, essentially, Marines have kind of floated around 15 to 16 um, and have gradually increased since the, in, like, the addition of Arcs of Omen. Actually, quite rapidly when you look at the graph. Yeah, so it's over like a month. Yeah, it's very fast. It's basically since the beginning of February, maybe end of January. I'm going to do the same thing that he just did, and I'm going to try to share my screen. This is just where every like Tau, Terranid, um, Necron, like, all of those guys, they're just they're just shoveled into Garter Marines. There we go. Yeah, yes, I mean it is the normal. This. this is right? this is the last year of Marines where like you could see a bit of a downward trend, and then like through December into January. They would bottom out at like 12% and then up to 23% this past weekend. And I expect that to grow as they continue to have success, which is I feel like those wild. bottom out points are like the week. Those are like the week before balance data slates. Uh, <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Like May, start of May, October, that was a balance data slate, right? May. And end of mid-October? Uh, it came in November, if I remember correctly. Yeah, which is but yeah, pretty it's very it close. Like it. it's about that weekend, so it's Marine players realizing there's nothing coming, hoping that the tiny buff is something, and falling off again <laughs> three times. And then this happens. And then it didn't fall off. Yeah. Well, like everybody owns Space Marines, right? Like, yeah, every, like when you start, or you have a friend, or someone who's not using their Space Marines because maybe they're playing one of the factions as represented. I think you know, like it, it's such a easily obtainable army and the stuff that is good right now is nothing that's like particularly crazy to uh acquire right We're unless not you want to play da da is weird to get yeah da is a little tough but if you're just talking about like normal like iron hands or maybe the ultramarines list that you know that's i've been seeing make the rounds or things like that those are easily obtainable like most of the stuff you probably have lying around or someone who's not playing like I said, not playing them, we'll be able to have that as well. So, yeah, the big yeah, thing the is that they're running stuff that has largely come out in things like starter sets and um, split boxes. So, a lot of people have just extras of these lying around. Yep. Things like you can eradicators are suddenly amazing again. Shove your favorite 800 points of shooting with heavy weapons into an iron hands list, that'll be fine. Yep. yep. It's not hard. I actually don't own any Space Marines at all in my entire collection i own you have the guy on bellicor's base <laughs> no i ripped that guy off Fuck that but guy. you did own him <laughs> no no i threw it out immediately like when we, when we left the store it was a lot in the house <laughs> right yeah you filled the little gaps on the base with green stuff you're like i'm not even bothering this guy was oh you don't have to put i don't have my ones either we have a quick question from chat from luke is all right which i think is probably best relevant to speak now so luke chucked us a super chat thank you very mm -hmm. much luke uh, do you guys want to quickly field this can, one? Can oh. we talk a bit about how we get raw data we use? Is it spreadsheets or do you have connections to ITC or tournament apps? So it's, the answer is a bit of all of 
those things after not the ITC bit, but we do talk to tournament apps a little bit about how we do things. But mostly we do everything by drawing it out of all of the tournament apps via their website into a spreadsheet. And by we, I mean, Jeremy does it. Jeremy goes in and he scrapes those websites into an Excel spreadsheet because nobody makes simple outputs that are easy to use. Um, I used to do all that by hand and so did Jeremy until Jeremy figured out the best way to scrape those websites to get it. But there is a giant spreadsheet that we use that I read off of when we're doing this part of the show where I read and filter tables and then all that data then gets put into the dashboard. So it's all the giant Excel sheet taken directly from BCP tournament, tourney keeper, and a couple other ones. There's a Down bunch under of pairings, mini headquarters, tabletop tournaments. The list kind of goes on. Every now and then someone introduces me to one that I've either forgotten about or reminds me that it exists. Like for example, this last weekend I was reminded that Pun Pun exists. Uh, oh, for you yeah. Dutch players, can you please stop using that and just play on Tourney Keeper if you're going to be special? <laughs> and then we also, through our partnership with Goonhammer, are going to start to get access to ITC Battles app data, but that will not be presented as part of this. It will be used for some more advanced analysis stuff where we look at secondary selection and stuff like that, because that data requires a little bit more QC work in the background. Like the data already requires QC. Because a bunch of you haven't learned that when you select your faction, you don't just generically select Sisters of Battle. Please stop doing that. You'll make Jeremy not need to take as much time if you could just use the drop-down menu correctly. Well, some people put in Star Phantoms on their Space Wolves. We see you, John. We know what you did. Um, <laughs> I mean, the best yeah. way to do it, in my opinion, is what I normally do. And it makes Jeremy very happy is I just put chaos. You know, I just put the general faction, baby. And then Jeremy's got to look up the list, figure out what... What the hell I took that weekend? It's great. It's good stuff. I'm currently down as playing. I think I've done his Elysian drop trips for the Stat Check League. So hell yeah, <laughs> it'll change. It's a good thing I don't but, track leagues then. But for now, <laughs> it's a good thing that we oh, don't track TTS leagues because that would be terrible. Uh, yeah, that's how we get it together. We have a giant spreadsheet. We share it amongst ourselves. Yeah, so we I've have never seen it too because I would melt like the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. We do. We have occasionally talked to the various tournament organizers uh, in terms of like the applications that do things in the background, um, but yeah, largely it's we we collect the data manually and process it and clean it up and get it to the point where we can make pretty graphs out of it. And we appreciate it. Hey, as long as it's being used, I'll keep doing it. Jeremy greases the wheel of all 40k at this point. Did you guys hear that though? Jeremy says as long as he keeps being used, he will he will do it. <laughs> That's what I heard, guys. I don't know. I don't know what you guys do around here he, when I'm not here. He is but... a dark. He is a dark angels player. There's always just that other side to all of that, right? I got you. I got you. I got you. He's just okay. He's moving just swiftly one, on. One uh, quick step from fallen. That's all. Moving swiftly on. We're gonna do the plugs now because I feel like it's about time. What you might have seen just there was a super chat. His thing was in green. Also, Nick said one earlier. This doesn't have a question, so I'm not gonna read it out. But uh, you can give us money that way now, and we really appreciate it. So if you want to make sure your question gets answered as a priority, uh, we will definitely go back through and check all of our Super Chats. Uh, we'll be doing questions for all those later on in the show. So if you want to chuck us some money, uh, you don't want to do it like a recurring on Patreon, or you're already in Patreon, uh, or you just want to be on the live show, uh, that is where you can do it. Other ways to support us, you can check out the YouTube feed. Um, so if you're not a supporter on YouTube, you can uh, like, subscribe, all that good stuff there. Chuck us a comment on the video. Leave a question for TJ. We'll harass him with them later. Um, that really helps us out. 
If you want to support us a little bit more, you can check out patreon.com slash c slash stat. No, you should patreon.com slash stat check. I was so good at getting that right, uh, where you can check $5 a month to us to get access to our wonderful Discord community. That will also allow you to enter the TTS League that's going to be starting up in a couple of weeks for us as well, which has over 40-ish wonderful people, including some really good 40k players and also Nathan. Um, I mean, fair. Rude, but fair. Um, yeah, I also want to say on that YouTube channel, we have a surprise for Dan. I'm going to upload all that science lab ASMR that people keep requesting since that one time that I recorded an episode in the lab just once in our Discord. Um, you need to run that one by us in the chat later. Uh, oh, no. oh, I've already said I'm going to edit it's a already version of it. <laughs> okay. Um, Don't I have worry, it'll be unlisted. It won't fuck with the algorithm. <laughs> right, that's fine. Whatever. Um, otherwise, you can check us out live every Tuesday at 11 p.m. GMT or 6 p.m. Eastern Time, various other times across the U.S. Nobody cares what time it is in Australia. Thanks. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, what we are going to do also is, TJ, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah, I mean, I do have a Patreon. I do have a Facebook group, uh, Lord of Chaos, nice and simple. Uh, we do... Uh, Videos uh, going over and everything, there. everything chaos related. Oh, there we go. Yeah, something over here. Yeah, uh, we do uh, weekly chats where you guys come in and ask me questions. Uh, that stuff's all free. And then uh, Patreon's just a cup of coffee every month. It's five bucks a month. Get access to a whole bunch of videos that I do, and everything's uh, archived, so you can go back and watch whatever you want as well. So yeah. So once you subscribe to us, go and subscribe to TJ. You got more to spend my money on. Uh... <laughs> no, I kid, I kid. TJ does a bunch of wonderful stuff for the Chaos community and has been a bastion for them through some pretty rough times as far as having good players goes. So props to TJ. Before we, anyway, had, uh, before we had some flamers, it was real rough, dude. It was it was real bad. Um, it was kind of funny how much of a joke that entire like, macro faction was. So it's probably for the best that they have at least a couple builds again. Other than that, the only other thing we have to plug is End of the Matrix and XM1, which are the other two shows on the network. XM1 will have a new episode out on Thursday this week. So as of recording, that's going to be about two days from now. Uh, that is Cliff and Tim. And I believe they're having Mitch Beard from the Sister Act 40K podcast on to talk all things Warhammer in some sense. Um, and XM1 will have a new episode out with about the ITT, which is coming out this Friday. So the answer the Matrix latest episode Matrix. for preparations for the ITT went live for patrons last week. And on Friday morning, the main video will go live. It will also go live on podcast feeds as well. So there you go. End of the Matrix will be on your podcast feeds on Friday. And um, hopefully sometime around then X and one will do the same. That's all I got for plugs. Thank you, everybody, for bearing with this very scuffed section of the show. Uh, we are going to move on quickly to talking about just the game in general for a bit, which mostly means we're going to talk to TJ about chaos for a little bit. Uh, and then we're going to take a break. So, TJ, how are you feeling about chaos in general right now? I, I think they're in a great spot. Um, I think that the uh, last update that we had did a lot of good stuff for demons. Um, like, obviously, those other factions got hurt, but I don't think they directly were hurt by the data slate or any of the points changes. I think they were just hurt by the fact that um, these armies can't really function in the current meta. Like Thousand Suns were great before the data slate. They were still good after the data slate, but 
with the inclusion of world leaders and guard, they no longer are good. Same thing with Dark Angels. Dark Angels would like run over Thousand Suns in a shooting in a shooting game. I have to hope that I get my my damage through in the psychic phase and stuff like that, which sometimes can work. But sometimes you kill ten Terminators with all of your Dark Angel shooting, and I cry myself to sleep as my characters are now just hanging out by themselves. So, um, you know, Chaos Knights in a really good spot, although people aren't really taking them because I find that a small detachment of Chaos Knights with demons or CSM is is very effective. So, um, but I mean, the main showstopper right now is demons, and that's kind of always how chaos is i don't know if you guys um have noticed this in previous editions but like when chaos demons come out they completely change you know the geography of how you're playing your chaos factions you know in eighth edition when we got demons they were a mainstay in every army for the rest of the edition no matter how many times they nerfed them how many times they they took them and they change aspects of that army they continue to perform in other lists at least something in that list so i think that's going to be for the rest of this edition which is rapidly coming to an end it's going to be demons you're going to play demons i think they're going to get a nerf i don't know what that nerf's going to look like bloodthirster has already been point increased i guess he could go up in points again um i don't know that there is enough of a nerf to pinpoint and be like, this is what's causing us to do very well, and we need to fix this. Yeah, the demons have kind of the... It's, I would almost use like a, a lesser version of the Nid problem, where they're just kind of... Everything just does a little too much, a little too cheaply. Yep. It's definitely not like on the scale of Nids. They don't have like the movement shenanigans and things like that. But you could definitely be like, it feels like a bunch of stuff is just one too many stats in one too many things, and a little yep. too cheap. Um, yeah, and that's just, kind of been a ninth. I mean, we just talked about this for like, you know... Uh, before, you know, in, in the Discord, we were talking about, like, how Fiends and both Skull Cannons didn't really need a points decrease, but they got them. And now that they got them, they're being taken in most of the lists that I see. At least Fiends, not Skull Cannons. Nobody really owns Skull Cannons, so I think if they own them, they probably would play them. But, like, Fiends in particular, like, points decreases are really beneficial for them and then pink horrors were already being taken so a point decrease on pinks were like all right i mean i was already going to take these things that's awesome so i think things like that um just are going to continue to be a thing it's same thing with the bird like lord of change went up in points did does that actually matter absolutely not you're gonna take that bird even if he goes up 50 points i think you're gonna take that thing he's just that good at holding your backfield doing what he's supposed to do so he what's, just, what's, what's the build for the bird that everybody is taking right now? And by bird, we mean Lord of Change for so all there non, are non chaos two, players out there. There are two builds. Oh, there's three builds, I guess. The first build is you just take Kairos, right? And Kairos adds a bit of annoyance to your opponent because he has uh, Vect, basically. So when you use a stratagem, he makes it cost one more for the rest of the game. That's very powerful in certain matchups, like. Uh, Votan, when you're like, oh, I do mortal wounds with this gun. You're like, what if that costs you two CP every time you try to use it? And they're like, oh, that's not good. I don't want to do that. Maybe I do it once and I don't do it again. That's the first guy. Uh, he also has strength eight weapons, which is something that the normal order change doesn't have. So that kind of 
hits that gap where he's just a little better in melee. His weapon's also a 2d3 weapon, which is awesome. So he's just a little better in melee. He's got that stuff going on. And then lastly, as the game progresses, which the bird should live, you know, Cairo should live pretty late into the game, he gets plus to whatever cast the current turn is. So if he makes it to turn four, he's plus four to cast. Any spell that he wants to cast is pretty much going off. I mean, and it's going off big. Like yeah. gateways, probably a big gateway. Smite's probably, uh, you know, a super smite. You know, all of these things are, you know, Buddha change. I get to pick what I want, which means you're making the bird toughness eight every turn. These are things that Kairos does very well. So that's the first build. Then the second build is, do I want to make the Lord of Change my warlord? So if you make the Lord of Change a warlord, he gets a warlord trait that's pretty effective, which is minus one to wound in the shooting phase. So... He should stay away the entire game because he's not amazing in combat. So to be minus one to shoot is just fantastic. Uh, minus one to wound in the shooting phase is just amazing because couple that with the fact that you're probably spending your warp storm points on literally just either healing or minus one to hit or ignoring um, your movement uh, modifiers. That stuff is very powerful. Now you're minus one to hit more than 12 inches away and you're minus one to wound and you have the second part of this which is you have the robe so the impossible robe basically what that does is every phase now which is even better i didn't think they can make this any better but they made it better not only do you just not re-roll it with the robe and then if you fail you die there's no you die first things first then the second thing is instead of you just having to re-roll it you just make a damage zero Nice. It's also not like the first damage or anything like some of these ones can be. Yeah, when, like whenever you are. Triggers, it's just the first time you take damage that scares you, blank it off. The rudest thing I've ever seen anyone do was Matt Morisoli blank a drop pod at LVO because it was the only thing that could shoot his bird. It was very upsetting. I did not yep. enjoy watching I mean, that. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. I've I've been shot by long strike before. And just be like, no, nah, that's zero damage. Sorry, man. They're you like, get oh, some morals. Well done. Yeah, I take some morals. It's fine. Whatever. That literally happened in my game four. He shot me with long strike. I failed to save. I re-rolled it. Still failed. I was like, all right, zero damage. Get out of here. So <clears throat> it's really good. So that's that build. Oh, that guy and, also gets Master Mutator, right? Yeah, of course. So sorry, Master Mutator. I mean, you can take the other one, which is minus one to hit. Again, you're just adding another minus on top, but it's not good because there is many ways to ignore minus one to hit or ignore modifiers. And you can replicate it with the warstone points. Right, yeah. So you just don't take that one. You take Master Manipulator, which is at the end of the psychic phase, if any units took a mortal wound, which means gateway, bolt to change, and your smite, on a two plus, they take an additional mortal wound. So like your gateway, since the bird is plus two to cast on top profile, um, if he gets the big one, everyone's taking three, and then on a two plus, they're taking an additional one. If you hit like a character with that, he probably dies. He probably takes four mortals and just dies immediately. So that's very, very powerful. And then you have stuff like Bolt, which in this current meta of like Guard, Tau, things like that, you just pick up units. You hit somebody with a spell and you're like four mortals, which means you take seven mortals. And now on a two plus, you take another mortal. And now you're minus eight to your leadership. And you get another minus if I have a unit nearby you. And now your combat attrition tests are one, twos, and threes. That guy's probably dead. So that's the second build, which is not taken as much because the, the Bloodthirster is usually the Warlord. Because 
wound capping plus a feel no pain is just the most infuriating thing um to to have to deal with so the last one is you just take the warlord trait off you're still taking the robe you're still taking master manipulator and that's it you know he's just a normal bird and then power wise you take you know infernal gateway bolt of change and then boon of change which is the most important for you which is roll your spell if you roll a nine or more you get to pick what you want on the chart which means you get to make your bird toughness eight which is such a great threshold for you um that you're gonna try it every turn and you start with a whole bunch of cp and most of the normal list so then for one cp you just get to cast all your spells and i mean your three spells plus the smite so like you just get to cast spells so it's real good so yeah that's the build for the birds yeah and how do you how do you find so you do you generally run the field open on the bloodthirster instead just yeah it's just too good not to take there have been many times where someone has told me they're going to wound cap him and then they just don't wound cap him and that's a big deal because like if you don't get the threshold you thought you were going to do then maybe it messes up the rest of your turn when you're like i'm going to do eight in the shooting phase eight in the you know four in the psychic phase and then eight in the melee phase and if you fail on two of those phases well now that's a problem so it's a big deal He's very annoying to deal with, and uh, I love him. I think it's great. Plus, like, if we're being honest, like, the minus one, nobody wants to shoot at the bird unless they really have a way to deal with them, right? No one's ever like, I'm going to take a pot shot over there. This will be great. No. Yeah. They, they take a pot shot if they think they they take the shots if they think they can kill them. Yeah, my my broad feeling them. on the bird is, like, if the bird's going to die in shooting, the minus one to wound is not going to change it. Like, you're getting shot by, like, iron hands at that point. Yep. It's like, yeah, man, you're, you're going to need to hide. Or at least respect them or tag them or something. Yeah, like, you're gonna pull all the way back. You're gonna try to range as much as possible. You know, you're gonna uh in the melee matchups, you're gonna surround him with something that's gonna be able to screen him from getting charged, things like that. But like the minus one to wounds really not gonna help you um that much, you know. So that's that's what my my feeling. It's also worth knowing for anybody who's not familiar with Lord of Change, leaving it super far back isn't that big a deal because you have access to the War Portal stratagem to just pick it up and drop it somewhere nearby. So strong. So you can yeah. just have the you can leave the Lord of Change in very safe positions. If you're playing with someone like UKTC where you've got the big L at the back, you can very comfortably fit a Lord of Change in there. And then when the coast is clear, you know, Scarbrand and your Bloodthirster have gone forward, dealt with a couple problems, you bring the bird out, and now you have them rolling about in the late game or Kairos the same way. And then they're coming out at plus three to cast. Uh, yeah, it's very difficult to deal with. I mean, he's also not slow. I mean, you're never going to want him in melee, right? So he's moving 12 plus a D6. And realistically, what you want him to do is pick up one unit a turn. Like, yeah, like a lot of time, the greed, the reason that he dies is people get greedy with him, right? They're like, man, that's four units for a gateway. That's going to be monster. But then he's just like 18 inches away from your opponent's you know, melee, and then all of a sudden they move 12 plus a D6, and then he gets charged and kills. Like, the better way to do it is, like, listen, I'm just going to pick up this unit over here, and that's it. Like, uh, a good example is when I played uh, Sam in the finals. Like, yeah, I could have gone to the middle of the table on turn one, moved my bird, and then smited that way, gatewayed, and picked up a whole bunch of stuff in the middle of the table. But then I'm very close to him, and he gets to charge me next turn and pick me up. Instead, I just teleported him to the corner, and basically just picked up a squad of sanguinary guard and then i picked up his um uh 
is Def Company. So like, I was just like, okay, I'm gonna be all over here and that's fine because I'll pick up these two units, which gets rid of the threat. And now he lives for longer because the longer he lives, the more mortals he does. Like when he just goes in for a gasp, gets like, even if he gets 15 mortal wounds on that turn, he's going to die next turn. That's a 350 point unit. I need that guy. I, I really do enjoy Also, him. every time I've tried to burn into combat, it's like missed three times and wounded once. Yeah. The guy just, I hate hitting on threes with big <laughs> monsters. It feels so sad. <laughs> It makes you feel bad. Like you're just like, oh, okay, I missed. Okay, sorry about that. So I, I, regret, I resent, I resent myself for trying here. <laughs> yeah. So earlier, to, to move on completely different, you were talking about um, Chaos Knights being a really good inclusion into a bunch of different armies. What sort of different things are we seeing there for Chaos Knights? As TJ um, in a wonderful position. There we go. <laughs> so I mean, like, you got your main stuff, which are executioners, right? Executioners have been something that is again. Uh, I feel like Chaos Knights, when the book comes out, they are included in a lot of armies. They just get kind of fit in armies. Now with this new Arcs of Omen, it's easy for you to fit those in there. So I'm seeing a lot of executioners guard your backfield. They have a number of different good upgrades that, that make them um, powerful. Uh, usually the ones that ignore cover are the ones that I was seeing uh, before Arcs of Omen. Um uh, but now you get to see, uh, what is that, plus one to hit against vehicles and monsters. That one's really good, too, because of the amount and of... And characters as well, for what it's worth on that one. Yeah, so I mean, like, you're seeing a lot of stuff there. So Warp Vision is the one that ignores cover. Um, that's that one. And then the other one is... And I always forget this one. I think it's um, Worthy Offerings. That's what it is. So... That one's really good. Um, it also gets you higher on your tally, so you get your tally quicker when you kill. Yeah, you all complete it if you kill one of those things. Yep. So it's really good in the particular matchups that we're seeing now, which is like Dark Angels run a ton of vehicles, Guard run a ton of vehicles, and like a ton of vehicles that are easy to kill. Like we're not in the old days where it was like triple redemptor slash you know the executioner tanks and stuff just like that. wait for the brutalis let's go you're just you're just picking up like a you're just picking up like a like a sentinel or a speeder like easy stuff like that it's very good in the the nid matchup because a lot of the nids have changed over to big boys nid matchup. i know hey imagine teching for the nid matchup in 2023 hey chaos are not in the best position where they can just they just go to the table and win every game we're not over here with gst or anything okay but so we got to take them where we can get them but yeah it's good into that matchup it's good into the gray knights matchup because they have a lot of you know they're major damage dealers are those they're usually characters so they're big you know dread knights that's three damage is not what they want to see that is not a good save for them and they don't get armor contempt anymore so you know that hurts so it's good for there you know it's good in the demon's mirror so that one's really good so executioners have a very good role for that one and then you're seeing now which is the plus one uh ap with sixes to wound plus one damage that's just really good for brigands when you get them up to two damage for the chain gun and then the melta just gets even more damage now uh it's it very, very five for the great Thurian league matchup that's what it's all about <laughs> yeah it's good for that it's also good for um 
you know, again, the Dark Angels matchup, right? Like one of those Gatling guns, especially with sixes to wound, will pick up a speeder. That means that the Melta gun can go and pick up something else very easily. So a couple of those guys could just pick up like four of your vehicles or your bikes very, very quickly. And you're like, uh, that was not good. And while the rest of the demon list is running up the table doing damage to you. So now you've got multiple targets you have to deal with. And they do have a minus one damage strat. That is another reason why these guys are very, very effective. So minus one damage for these guys is really, really good. Yeah, it makes um, them very hard to kill in melee for what they are. Like without hard commanding. To, but you've got to go like through a demon's army to get to them, which is not the most fun thing in the world. Because there's a thirster, right? There's always a thirster. Yeah, there's always a thirster. <laughs> do you find that like... So if you were to if you were given the choice between like you're playing demons, do you take do you bring in skull cannons? Do you bring in the knights? Do you bring in both? Like how much is too much shooting on that front? I don't think you need a lot of shooting for demons because most of our shit works without the shooting, right? So the most important thing I think for demons right now is staying in combat. Being able to stay in combat is the most important thing you can possibly be doing right now. So you either have to kill literally everything you see. So that's why you're seeing brigands and stuff like that. Because when Gar bring out your tanks, you're like, I'm going to send my three baby knights out. They're going to try to pick up two or three of these tanks. If I can pick up these three tanks, this game is now laughably in my favor. Because you're not picking up these greater demons without those guys. Yeah, you do mortal wounds, you cast your kin, whatever. That's fine. I don't care. Because if I can pick up these things, I'm in a much, much better spot. So, and then the alternative is what I'm talking about, which is like, you got to stay in combat. So the tricks are, you know, Scarbrand, uh, Beast of Nurgle, you know, things like that are very, very powerful in keeping you in combat. Because if Scarbrand runs up, right, punches something, then or someone else punches something for him, then he consolidates six inches and touches something, that's a problem. Uh, especially in like a guard matchup. You literally have no way to deal with him. There's nothing you're going to do. You can fire into combat with one of your units. If you're in combat with and stuff, so just grab a rust and then they can't shoot you as well. Right. I mean, you're not really doing that much. And, you know, 3d6 minus one, or you could even spend Warp Storm if you really thought it was going to be a problem. You can make it minus two um, on your aura. You can add an additional for some Warp Storm points. That is super, super strong, and that will keep you from getting shot at. And I think that's one of the most important things. Like, single-handedly, that game four was won by Scarbrand, just never getting shot. He came in, touched some hounds after the crew got killed by my letters, then he ran over, touched the Riptide, used Baby Swings, didn't kill the Riptide, and then killed him on his turn. And then he ran around the back, killed Longstrike, then touched some Hounds. Then next turn he killed Shadow Sun and then touched another Riptide. Just never got shot. I mean, it's just like that's how you win games with that. So I can honestly say that when Scarbrand has made his charges in these games, I have definitely won. Not to so, mention that Scarbrand – what you're hearing is standard units like a scar brand base plus four inches away from each other. Yeah, it's something like that. <laughs> don't, and that would be great too. You know, we don't mind, I don't mind, you know, but it's very important. Also, like he he feels and he fills a niche that demons don't have a ton of access to other than Bellicor, which is ignoring your impulse. Like he just ignores your impulse. It's very important because a lot of the time when we were building lists in the the other discord we were talking about like what do we do when you play against the nightmare or the night matchup because 
that thirster isn't killing everything. That bird isn't killing a knight with mortal wounds. Maybe over the course of the game, he'll kill one big guy, but he's not killing it in one turn. So the thirster can only kill so many things before he dies. So you need someone else who's going to do it. And Scarbrand 100% will rip a knight off the table. Not even a thing. So. <laughs> All right. I got to bring this up because uh, Nick, Nick, Nicky D here has a, has a really good question. How do you use Scarbrand when playing against world eaters, though, where everything wants to be in combat? That's great. I mean, you just go for the stuff that you, you know, has involves because he'll pick them up. Yeah, you can fight some. Like, that game's just a bloodbath to begin with. I think the most important part about that is hitting their units with, um, hitting their backfield units and their support stuff because they don't really screen because they don't really care. So, like, if you can just get in somewhere in their backfield, that's great. But that, that's a bloodbath matchup. You want to go after their characters? And the bird just wants to stay the fuck away from everybody. He just wants to. He's, bird just wants to be left alone. he's teleporting every turn. Like he's teleporting in the backfield. Then he's teleporting on my backfield. Like he's going this way, this way. You're spending two CP every turn on that guy because he cannot be. He can't be locked down at all. All but right, yeah, TJ. We got one more. One more. I want to hit you with. Since yep. we did this last week, it's going to be a new. We're going to have to make this a new thing. If you're playing against Chaos Demons, what's the plan? So the plan with demons is is very easy um, to play against them. It's just, do you have the power to do it? You got to be mobile enough to get around to their units that are smaller. Don't care about the big boys for a little while. That's fine. If you can take care of all of the small shit, you will win that game without question because they can't hold objectives. They can't really pressure you with a lot of units except for three big boys and when or two big boys and when they come closer you just pick them up you know they you know these these little units they screen for smites they screen for charges and things like that so if they're not alive that hurts and our backfield is very very light which is why the skull cannons are a great addition to the list but previous to that they kind of just my backfield was like pink horrors please don't come back here yeah cool like a beast or some demonettes or maybe some letters that i left on the table so if you can clear those you can win that game very very quickly we also don't have a lot of opsec so stealing our objectives from us is something that is powerful if you have the ability to run up there and do stuff yeah one thing i've always found with the demons from personal experience is that bloodthirsters blood chains are great they hold one objective and they're one model um at the end of the day if you can like feed them a unit and then stand on the objective with some other stuff so they can't heroic you and then like that you can definitely just steal the points from out from one of them yep. and demons have good secondaries they don't have like the best secondaries like reality rebels is fantastic and the rest are like grab bag oh. of what's good here nourished by terror can be great can be kind of feeble um, i actually than... did not take it over the tournament but funny story about that real quick the first game i played against custodes and he was going over his list he's like i don't really give up a lot he's like i think i give up like seven for no prisoners and i think like 10 for assassinate i was like yeah we're taking those he's like i'm sorry you didn't hear what i just said i said i give up seven for no prisoners. I'm like yep we're taking it that's we're just going to kill you so it's best fine. i got bro don't that's worry about it. it i mean that sounds pretty good they're like seven points i'm like it's fine it's not it's it's not a big deal we're just trying to score our points elsewhere. So, all right, perfect, TJ. What we are going to do now, uh, we don't have any more super chat questions, so we're going to call it there for that. We're going to take a break for ten minutes. This is a bit, a bit that's going to get edited in the middle of the show. We're going to grab a refresh on our water, give you everybody a chance to step away. We'll be back in about ten minutes' time to jump into show questions from the Discord, and then we'll be wrapping up.
And welcome back to the show, everybody. Thank you for bearing with us for that tiny break where we probably put the Goonhammer bumper or something like that. Who could possibly know? Anyway, we are going to move on to our show questions now. So thank you very much to everybody who is in our Discord, which, by the way, you can check out at patreon.com slash that check. Um, we're, we're going to take some questions. So there is a thread in there with 30, 30 comments. That's great. That's what I like to see. Um, so let's go with some questions. I'm going to skip anything that's like specifically WTCE uh, because... Blair. Should seventh head invisibility and Warhammer Fantasy Battle Banner of the World Dragon be added to tenth edition? What are 100%. those two things, and what did they do? So Banner of the World Dragon made you immune to spells, uh, and it could go in a unit. And then invisibility made you only to be able to be hit on sixes and shooting in melee, and you also couldn't be targeted by blast or ten blade weapons. So basically, anything that all hits or had blast just wouldn't be able to shoot you, and you would only be hit on sixes otherwise. Please never. Yeah, just give it back generically for everybody. Um, I lived through that. Okay, I lived through it. That was part of the problem. But I don't want to live, laugh, love through it. (laughs) Yeah, like I definitely played Screamer Star with Lord of Change, Kairos, Invisibility, Grimoire for three up involved. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was a good time. Um, If you didn't have that, you'd just like got table by time. Uh, You're probably Um, playing like four plus Feel No Pain Thunder Thunder Wolves. Because that was another ridiculous one as well. Yeah, exactly. It was great. Uh, will Anthony be drinking Lambrini and or Buckfast when he visits Scotland? Based on where I took him, we drank lots of nice cocktails. Um, but I, you know, it was uh, trying to sell Anna on moving to the UK trip. So, you know, yeah, no, went Buckfast to the no I, t- I did take Anthony to Spoons. You'll, guy, you guys will be proud to know. But uh, Who taught all the guard players how to play this week? I think they That's finally started realizing that Born Soldiers is good. And that, well, we, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. The other thing is, is that Kazakhans and Lord Solar are now widely, well, were or, widely available for all of half an hour. Yep. Yeah, my store got allocated one box. Uh, I don't I think we got box. that. The GW website was sold out day off. Yeah. I mean, a lot of stores yeah. only got allocated two. Plus, Station Forge came out with some great miniatures for some weapon teams, you know, for everybody who, of course, just uses them in their home games and definitely doesn't bring those to any tournaments. Those guys look great. Um, was, was there not something on, in the, like vaguely in the hobby news that like GW is not doing restocks this week? It's they're just doing oh, new releases. So there's been some things going around there. I don't exactly know, but there's been enough posts about it elsewhere that apparently stores are being instructed that they are only going to have their pre-orders fulfilled and new releases fulfilled, not restocks, which is, I'm hoping not true because that's problematic. Yeah. And especially with the timing, because we also have the GW price increase in what, two weeks, three weeks time. I wonder if those two. So I wouldn't be surprised if there were a whole lot of stores that had cash available or like, we're going to beat the rush and we're going to grab as much as we can before the price increases on trade. And then benefit from it. Yeah. And they're like, so, no, actually, let's not and say we did. Yeah. <laughs> F you. Okay, we have a question from Grant. What's the ratio of Angron list to non Angron list for World Eaters? Uh, so there were three new World Eater lists this weekend, and I'm going to be tracking these real closely because they're always fun. Uh, they went a collective eight and seven, so they have 53% win rate, and all three of them had Lord Invocatus as the Warlord. Good yeah. lads. Now, so that's the list, right? this weekend, no. At the tournament that I'm running, there are two World Eater players. One of them is running Lord Invocatus. One of them is running Disciples of the Red Angel. Fuck yeah, I love that dude. And the Disciples list has 
two land raiders. I I think full of eight bound. The only way you're going to see him is demons plus Angron, and I think you just go double in on no fallbacks and you just do Angron Scar Run. Yeah. Yep. Oh I'm yeah, baby. Definitely playing that on RTT sometime. Hundred yep. <laughs> percent. I've got my Angron on order. It will be happening. Um, yeah. Have you paid no, Angron yet, PJ, or are you still waiting? I do not have an Angron yet. Uh, there is a tournament I'm going to this weekend. We'll see if we get some prizey supports for that. If not, then we definitely have the event at Birdsong's place where I have just truckloads of store credits. So we'll go there and pick it up there. If I if fair, I fair, fair. Nice. Okay, there's a question for Anthony, uh, which we're gonna skip. Thoughts on leagues of Votan in Arts of Woman setting up forty six percent win rate for Ymir and Great Arthurian League. Seems stronger to Custodes, but the matchup seems bad into GSK Marines. Any potential to improve? You two are both Votan players. Talk about the boring faction for a bit. I don't think there's a really good way to improve either one into GSC or most Marines, because Marines are just going to, like, are fast enough with the land speeder list that they're just going to hem you. And most of your units don't have fly except for bikes. So if they move block you, they can stick you in a corner and then take the board and then you're kind of stuck. Yeah. And there's enough firepower in an Iron Hands list to decouple you from a lot of your transports. That's the big problem right now. Um, you kind of, the numbers aren't necessarily showing it. But my opinion is you kind of have to run Ymir just because of how many goddamn Meltas there are out there. 100%. Um, Took there is. Space Marine builds are rats with Melta guns right now. It's great. Uh, yeah. Dude, like, not you wrong. Least, you can at least build for GSC, right? Because you have like no. Uh, you have intercept stuff, right? Yeah, you can put a scanner on every single one of your bikes. You can run forts with scanners. You can make you can put scanners on your uh, on your inventory, and you just make it so it's painful for them to drop within twelve to try to clear you. Yeah, um, you only get to do yeah. that once. I got a lot more than one unit. Yeah, you can only do it once. But I mean, if you can pick up a twenty man neophyte unit, you can pick up a twenty man neophyte unit and maybe balance things out a little bit. Yeah. But usually, if you're doing that with like bikes, those bikes then just die. Yeah, and the can problem you is you with a four. No, yeah. you want the twelve-inch deny relic on the terminator. Oh right, I forgot. That's what they get. They get yeah. the twelve. If you want, if you're playing terminators, you take the twelve-inch no deep strike relic. Um, Maybe that's what you got to start to do. You take both. You take a scanner and you take the relic. Terminators go across the backfield. They block out your backfield, and then bikes go in the front with scanners and prevent your opponent from getting close to you. And that's kind of how you have to play. It still doesn't help you in the Space Marine matchup, but at least it helps you in one of the things. You it doesn't help you in GSC either because those bikes don't win the bike fight. So, it's true. Yeah, the um, bike fight is a real problem. Also, um, scattering with a fort is real sketch. If the GSC player gets inside where your closest model is, and you just start beaming yourself. Um, that's yep. a good spot. This is why you stop running options. the beamers and you run bolt cannons. Stop running forts. Run 50 that, bikes. Yeah, the run, forts run are starting to become a liability. Oh, yeah. Run All right. 25 berserks and 5 sagittars. Alright, Anthony. I thought you were taking a week off. <laughs> Alright. Tim asks, how do you prep for an event if you can't logistically arrange any practice games? TTS? I think like any practice games at all. You can play against yourself. Like you can't get any scheduled games, play against yourself. The most important thing that I think that people make mistakes on is two things. One, they don't do their homework. And by homework, I mean, you don't look at what the terrain's going to look like. You don't look at what the mission um, structure is going to look like. And then the second thing is based on what I just said, you then don't look at how your army deploys on the table. Like if you yeah. just sit for a half hour and you go, 
this mission, this is how I have to deploy this army because I need to go after these secondaries. If the, my opponent gives me no secondaries, these are what I need to go after. This is how my army needs to play. This is what I need to be shifting my army to do. If you can focus on that stuff, you don't need need to get a game of TTS in. You can play against yourself. Set up, re-rack. Set up, re-rack. It's very powerful for you to do that kind of practice for yourself. But also TTS is probably just a good way to shortcut a bunch of that and do that yep. with stakes. Yep. If you can do both, do both. If you can only do one, probably just get a game on TTS. Yeah, TTS is definitely, you're actually playing that way, you know, and it, yep. and it you know, um, helps you out with a lot of that stuff. But if you can't, just put your stuff on a table. The Looking at the footprint is such a powerful thing that a lot of people don't realize when they when they play with armies and stuff like that. So Yeah, it was when uh, at- I was listening to 4K Fireside and Dave Gaylor was talking about the... Um, the U, the U, you run on the sisters board. I was like, yeah, I get 50 to 700 points of a thousand sons army in there. I didn't know that terrain existed before the tournament. Yeah. Um, it's the kind of stuff that, like, doing your homework of that is so powerful. Um, if you know that terrain like that exists in your event and you can build and, like, consider to abuse it, and just be like, yeah, I'm probably not going to play a shooty list. I'll probably need to bring some combat to the people out of that, that kind of thing. That That's what you can do your prep work on as well. And yeah. that's yeah. And I'll add to Definitely. this. Just as part of doing your homework, understanding the meta, um, like understanding not necess- like I don't mean like the broad meta. I mean the meta, like your local meta, what's going to that event. Get an idea of what is going to be showing up. Get an idea of based on the terrain, what you expect you're going to have to play against. If you're playing on a heavier terrain set, you're probably not going to see as many shooting armies and you're going to need to tech to deal with combat armies. If you're playing on Adepticon boards, you might have to tech to, to play against shooting armies. Yeah. You're going to play Iron Hands five times. Enjoy. Yeah, you're um, going to play no terrain all five of your games. You better have some way to deal with that. Like playing Iron Hands. Um. Uh, <laughs> I'll shout out uh, in front of the show, Seth. Um, damn it, Dan. Uh, who put together a really good video on his uh, uh, biggest and the best general series that he's doing on his YouTube I'll channel. i link. Uh, where he actually uh, went through and walked through how to use the dashboard as an example of and also Goonhammer stats on how to go through and evaluate what's currently doing well and what is working or not working for certain armies. Yeah. What are your challenging matchups? What are things that you need to worry about? Where does your army particularly struggle in? How do you, and then you can then take that back to your group of friends and be like, I need to tech for this. How do I do that? Yeah. All those things you can do without ever having played a practice game. 100%. And- Dan Morris's question is, how do you feel about 40k adopting the Age of Sigmar double turn, which is where the link to that video from Seth is now in chat and linked on our screen down below. I'm not going to read it. I would not recommend reading that. You will sound worse than me doing the plugs. (laughs) But also, Dan, I think... Don't you dare manifest that energy. The double turn is terrible in Age of Sigmar and does this cool thing where it, like, tightens their win rate statistics into the center um, so that even bad factions can sometimes just win games because they get the double turn. So... Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a bunch of really cool ways that Age of Sigmar players play around it. Like, you cast a buff and it lasts for your opponent's next two turns. So it's like, if it's a hard to cast buff, you can use your once per game stuff and you get two turns. I'm sure there's a lot of cool stuff like that. Or like sitting at a third range of one turn. So they, you know, they spend a turn running at you. Then they spend a turn doing their thing. And then you do the thing. So it was like they only had one turn. I'm sure there's a bunch of that. And then I'm sure there's also a bunch of, yeah, I went second against guns. I went first against guns. Had to walk towards them for objectives. And then they went twice. And that wasn't very fun. So, like... 
there will be there will be some cool aspects to it. There will be some negative aspects to it. I don't think in a game with as many guns as 40k, you can compellingly make the argument that that would be a good thing. Yeah, Age of Sigmar has a lot less guns. It has a lot of mortal wounds in like the version, like in the form of spells and stuff like that. But it has a lot less guns than 40k does, and so everything in 40k would just be bananas. Can you imagine an Iron Hands? Uh, army getting oh, two turns in a row with the you don't need to you, there's nothing in line of sight after the first one what would i be doing with it well you get to move a little bit more yeah can you imagine like thousand sons with like magnets and a lord change getting two turns in a row he comes in on turn three <laughs> nuke something then he gets the move again and then nuke oh, no. it. Like, it would be so ridiculous by the time you finally get to deal with him you're like all right so nothing can kill him awesome good John says he's looking forward to the weekend, Jeremy, and also chucks us a bunch of money. Thank you, John. Uh, there's not a question here, though. So, but, uh, uh, And then Kelsey so asks, what are the winners of the top players? I don't know off the top of my head, but I think Age of Sigmar still does a very good job having a healthy top player population because ultimately, end of the, game, at the end of the day, skill will still matter in that game. I don't think that yeah. I don't want to like say that Age of Sigmar is not a skill based game because it very clearly is. Oh, um, so if you look but, at 40K. Um... Yeah, we're real Kelsey. consistent at the top, like 80 plus. It's nuts. I don't know yeah. how Age of Sigmar does Kelsey it. was pointing out that Magic the Gathering pros are like 56%. So they were wondering how oh, 40k, for 40K it is. So you can actually look at that stat. Uh, if you go to statjustcheck.com slash CRS or slash ELO, you will see our, our current internal ranking of players, but it also shows their win rate since February of 2022, since we started and collecting this data. In... 28 player or 25 for us 25 plus players and five plus round events so yes. it doesn't include rtts because things get really weird At and gt level events so like big tournaments you can assume that most people's win rates are significantly higher than this across all play or across all event play because rtts and two events are very good at bulking this up uh but just to share a few numbers uh mike porter currently the number two who was uh, number three in the world last year is sitting at a 96.7 event win rate in tournament play um that's across 60 games tj lanigan is sitting at an 85.4 percent win rate across 89 games yep at the gt level i do play 87 for me with an 86.8 percent win rate hell yeah dude i'm way down there i think i'm like at a 70 something but even then like yeah 74 percent win rate for myself so even then like i consider myself a, a decent player and way higher than what you see in mtg the, the biggest problem with it is that because we play so much fewer rounds, um, the like the Swiss pairing just doesn't kick in until like round three, round four best. And then yeah. the, the bigger events, it can be like much later. Uh, whereas in MTG, you're playing like almost double and single, double and triple elimination. Um, like you can go like 12 and three and so many top uh, pro tour um, pretty reasonably, like 12, two and one guarantees, it, I think. Is usually the metric so like you get so much more leeway in those and then that's also you're talking about matches rather than games whereas 40k is they're playing single elimination at the end of the day they're itself we it's also play resting longer games yeah exactly um it's definitely a i don't want to say it's a problem but it's a quirk of the system that would be better if it didn't exist it would be much better <laughs> if we could play twice as many games in an hour and a half oh yeah um because you would be much more self-correcting we could play events where you have like you know, the the top player drops two games when goes like eight and two and wins a tournament. It's a much more interesting and it's much better tracking for long term skill. Yes, um, right. I mean, shit. Yeah. You didn't. You could just drop a game and be like, yeah, I'm still gonna make it in the top. Like AOS is just like that, where they're like at LVO, 
at the championships, they're like, oh, yeah, I dropped a game, but I still made it in the top cut, and I still got to play after that and still get to play a game. It never happened in 40K. Some of the, like, 170-ish player, like, eight-round tournaments, you yep. can definitely, like, I came third at Coventry with seven and one. Um, there was only one guy who went undefeated, and Mike definitely could have dropped his last game and still won the event. Um, there, so, like, I think it's partly a problem of just population in 40K. Our events are too big. I, I don't think the event size that we play is healthy. Um, like LVO should just have one more round than it does. It should, mm -hmm. should just have one more round than the minimum number of players. Yep. But nobody wants to play seven to 10 rounds of 40K, so we don't. Yeah. And that's why you know, we were talking earlier about the event that I, that I have this weekend. It's actually a really nice size. It's 34 players. We're probably only going to have one undefeated after five rounds. Uh, the bigger the bigger events are fun. Like it's it's great to have all of your friends come out. It's great to see everyone. It's great to have the big crowd playing. Uh, but when it comes down to it, and you need, I mean, a good example of that it was Stutter Snotling just two weeks ago. There were 128 players. We had six rounds, and we still had two undefeateds. Yeah. And yeah. there was at first a talk of doing a round four on Saturday night for the undefeateds to uh, to filter down. Oh, yeah, but round. Personally, like my favorite size event is like 50 player six rounds where there's yep. enough players that it's like it feels like a big event, but there's also not so many players that like if you can go five and one and win a 60, win a 50 player six round tournament. And I think that's cool. I think that's useful. Um, I like that it just gives you, you know, you drop your, you drop an early round to like the guy who ends up finishing third and you smash all your next opponents. Like it's cool. I like that. Yeah. There are uh, issues into it with like pairing metrics and placing metrics that cause other problems like do you play differential do you play win path do you play battle points like it kind of sucks you know i lose round one smash my next five like what well, francois did at sutter snot like scored like 580 something victory points by playing in the excellent bracket for his entire run-up and then you go you know you win your first five games and then you lose your last one to a guy who paired up because there was no one else undefeated at that point and then you drop down to the second place and it's like yeah it sucks i get it but there's always going to be trade-offs in formats like this. Uh, you could do like whole episodes, and people have done whole episodes about tournament formats. So, yeah, I think we should move on. Yeah, I just want to do shout out uh, Nicky D again, talking about the Nova format. Where, if I remember correctly, you split into pods after the first five rounds. Four, four rounds. Four it's the same as the GW the, Open. Fifth round yeah. is the the new, and they just actually recently. Uh, three years ago, they moved to an extra game on top of the game. Yeah. So I think you play. You play eight and you play nine now. It's insane. Yeah, I, I like the I like I don't love the idea of cutting after like four rounds into pods. It just kind of feels a little Yeah, early, but, but this the idea of cutting into pods at some point is yeah. is not a bad way of going about it. I like the way um the way LGT does it is they do top of every like and one bracket. So like, you know, however many people like the top of top top player with four wins, top player with three wins, you get a prize. So yeah. there's like an incentive to push for it. Yeah, that's, that's what Nova does. Um, over like like Coventry, which was eight rounds, it's much it's super cool because it actually ends up being like eight brackets, quote unquote, uh, which I think is a really cool way to do it. Yeah. Right. right. Speeding through questions now. Uh, are shifts as bad as the recent win rate suggests, or is it just a case of the players needing to adapt a new map? I think it's, I think it's the first one. Yeah. They kind of got hit in the teeth with, uh, with both points and losing AOC and secondary updates. Yeah, like kind of a triple whammy, and then their natural predators uh, got better. Yeah, I mean, world eaters just run them over, right? I mean, sisters sure are of, worse at metal than iron hands, while iron hands do everything else better as well. Yeah, it's real cool, real balanced. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty rough. Um, I think there might be some builds for them, but it's 
Few and far between. They definitely struggle. Yeah. I know Mitch is trying yeah, to pull Valor's hard build the ITT this weekend. So, excuse me, power to him. I hope he does great. Well, yeah, yeah. Guard do them no favors either. I mean, mortars just shred anything that would even do anything to their army. Yeah. That's why Mitch is running 30 Valor's heart sacrosants. Hell yeah. Because they're still, yeah, they're but... one up saves no. against mortars and cover. Can't touch this. Mitch is my hero. Uh, yeah. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to leap of faith. And I'm gonna get get my points, bro. Right. Um, right. Tom H asks, how much effort do you guys minus Anthony put into making sure the army is with you? I think it depends. A lot of people I'm currently recognize... ripping doors off of land speeders to make them WYSIWYG because they had uh, typhoon launchers on them. So fairly frequent. I'm in. I'm in Jeremy's boat until the weapon falls off, and I'm like, I'm not going it back on. It's just gonna break again. So like, my land speeders are definitely missing. One of them is missing a multi-melter and one of them is missing an assault cannon. I don't care. Like, that's my level, but like, and I like I didn't build my intercessors with the right guns. Oh, but no other than that, guns are. like, I will try my best. I do crazy conversions, so like, I don't, yeah. You also cool play like it. demons and chaos, right? You yeah, don't really I play do chaos, the... though, so I try to keep, it. I try to make it look like it's supposed to, but hey, like, my Lord of Change, that creature caster model, definitely does not have a sword. That is definitely not what that is, but it is a sword now, motherfuckers. Like, yeah. we're just doing it. There are some armies you just get away with as well. Like, my GSC is all WYSIWYG, and I promise you no one can tell. Uh, <laughs> yeah, nobody cares about demons. They're like, yeah, that looks like a Lord of Change. That's cool. Yeah, same with uh, same with my nids. Like, all of my guys do not have adrenal glands. They definitely yep. all had adrenal glands. Like, yeah. WYSIWYG only matters if you're playing Knights or Imperium or, like, or Space Marines, really. I, I honestly think that WYSIWYG only is important if your opponent is doing something shitty yeah, like you're about it that's 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 how it's real yeah like, like yeah if you got bikes and they don't have the proper weapons on there they have you know i don't know custodes had instead of spears they had swords your whole army had spears i'd be like yeah that's a little weird but hey as long as everyone has the same profile i don't care but if you're like this squad spears but this squad swords and everyone's got spears i'm gonna be like Man, please. Yeah. Do you at least have squad marks? This one sergeant's actually got a call me melter. It's yep. not marked. Uh, yep. He's in whichever like... rhino's closest to you this turn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if your army, if your army <laughs> you need a way to mark out shit that's weird. That's just the rule. Like, yep. yeah. If, yeah. if your we, opponent we is stops when confusion your stops. Is... Yeah. 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 If I can tell what's going on, I don't give a shit what your guys are armed with. I'm not going to look down at the underneath of your fucking custodes bikes to see if they've got salvos or, or hurricanes. No one cares. But yep. if they're, you know, riding horses, I don't know what's up. Right. Yeah, Kelsey, main thing, they don't change mid-game. Uh, that comedy melted was actually a comedy plasma. Yeah, sorry about that. I actually uh, misread my list in game four. Uh, sorry. <laughs> what's it like killing 24 Sanguinary Guard on accident because your opponent is a noob? Pretty good. You probably feel you probably feel really, really good. Uh like real good. Uh, yeah, cool. That makes sense. Yeah. Um I'm not gonna ask what the context behind that is because I feel like it's better as a hanging question. Uh, but what is your favorite Black Templar murder story? I don't know any of these. <laughs> Poor Franklin. Okay, cool. Uh, my favorite Black Temple murder story, the first time I played Brian, I used to fight push 10 times that game. Um, that was great. Mine is, mine is probably when I played um, I played Austin Wingfield when he had just won a major with 
his black templars and i played with my thousand sons and he managed to lose the game with a psyker army i was like oh hell yeah he had a psyker <laughs> in the army bro mistake he had oh, no. he's like he's like we were just talking about lists and he's like yeah so i got this this and this and this and an inquisitor i'm like i'm sorry what'd you just say and he was like don't worry about it i was like you said inquisitor didn't you you said a psychic inquisitor so i got wrath then i got to take you know i got to take sorcerer's prowess it was and then interrogate so we got the dream team so oh, i only won by like two points but it was it was wild I, I have played one game with uh, the Black Temple's army against Perry Knights, and I, I don't think I took damage in like two psychic phases because of Cenobites when they would give the four up. It was so much fun. <laughs> yeah, we just sat, sat there and looked at each other. I sat on my side of the table, he sat on his side of the table, and that was it. It was great. Makes sense. How do you adapt for the arts meta of Alpha Strike shooting? I became the problem. Yeah, <laughs> kind of yeah. just adopted the being the prior of the problem. Also, Terminators are great at that because they don't die as easily. Yeah, or you take things that don't care about how terrain or your abilities work like demons you have stop them shooting you or shoot them harder yep or just have a save no matter what happens to you you didn't go first that's fine i got the same save anyway okay so uh what is what is what does tj think demons look like this day go and listen to the first part i'm sorry i'm sorry nick um What's your greatest? And look at his list from two weeks ago and this upcoming weekend. Yeah, that's that's, that's what that's what demons list look go like on, right go now. Go to 40kstats.goonhammer.com and click Chaos Demons and then find TJ Lanigan. You can um, also like go in the Discord if if you're in the Discord. I literally posted a Bellacore list, a Greater Demon list, so you can take that. There you go. You know? We're holding this this question's answer hostage, Nick. I'm sorry. What's your greatest fear? Like my greatest fear? All of you. I don't know. The question's very broad. It, that is a very broad question. Uh, and then the follow-up to that is, uh, do you worry we'll now weaponize it against you? Which makes me think that we shouldn't answer this one. Yeah, yes. pass. <laughs> um, it's you now, Preston, actually. <laughs> uh, and what's your favorite way to have eggs? I like... I like this is the same eggs. question, by great. the way. <laughs> okay, all right, yeah. Yeah, we're just what are your favorite way. eggs, TJ? Oh, oh, okay. Over easy, of course. There you go. Scrambled. I like I the like chaos, right? Eggs. So or... I like maybe it being cooked on the maybe it not being cooked on the top, cooked on the bottom. Who knows, man? It's chaos, baby. <laughs> cooked still in the shell in the microwave. Oh, please. <laughs> please don't. No. Oh, too far. Sorry. All right. What do you think about the state of the faction for Thousand Sons? Rough. Well, 20 Terminators for the best is kind of what I got for you. It's pretty funny. I'm thinking like 30, man. Like just, hey, well, I'm going to stand over here. You stand over there. If you come near me, I got something that's going to do something to you. But other than that, I think you go for you play in a 20-0 meta. You play in the differential scoring meta, and you just try to score your points. That's it. You go for... um, I think they're they're fine. They're not going to world beat, but you'll go three and two with with terminators. Oh yeah, hundred percent. When I say something's not in a good spot, that means you're going below the two losses at a tournament. So three and two, four and two. You're going to lose to guard, or you're going to lose to world leaders, or you're going to lose some iron hands. Like you'll lose to all the top meta. That's when I think something's in a bad spot. When I say stuff like that, that's that's yeah. what I mean. Well, well, when we say bad spot, what we mostly mean is not able to consistently and competitively win big tournaments you'll yep. win gts with thousand sons if you're a good thousand sons player yep. don't yep. worry about 100%. that we're definitely like the the meta has a very 
like the bigger the tournament, the more the meta matters is ultimately the end of it. Um, yeah. A little events like Jiren Hands player might just not be good. Like it will happen. Um, what would so what would you play for them just now? Is the twenty to thirty terminators? Do you think thirty? Uh, uh, 30's probably a lot. It's probably 20 Terminators, and then you take um, you take the Flamers out of the list that you currently have, and you take Screamers, and you do, like, behind enemy lines and, and stuff like that. Or you, you can go for, like, um, some more shooting from, like, Brigands or whatever if you want to go that You can try that, too. I just think that, like... Yeah. Scoring is it, good. It, well, if you put those out, then you get... They get lit up, and then that we're back to square number one, so at least the Screamers give you some annoyance, and they score you points, so... Yeah, and it gives you access to the double cast. Yeah, and you get both the damage spells. That's really that's really good. So yeah, Cliff asked got a big boy time demon list collect. Cliff, we've answered this. Come on, man, get with the program when you asked this question over twelve hours ago. Uh, Tyrannus versus Freeblade Lance for Imperial Knights. I like Tyrannus right now. I think it does a good thing in the current meta, where yep. there's a bunch of single phase armies that you can just like stand back up a big knight against and be like, yeah. Okay, now you have a problem. Yep. Yeah. Um, no, I'd agree. Yep. Um, the free blade lance list is, and the the numbers kind of bear out. The free blade lance list does fairly well, but there are some things where it can just run into a bad matchup and be like, oh, I'm 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 gone. My big boy, my one big boy that's keeping the army alive got someone got an angle on it and it just I made also it disappear. Just generally, really like being mechanicus across the board for like yes. the top bracket strategy and the five of film of pain strategy, uh, and you can still like. You can still like hunt or beast your Halverins and be fine with it. Like you don't lose well, the damage output side of things. Well, free blades they suffer from morale, right? Like you have to roll their morale test every turn. So I think no, that like... was the old book. No, that's oh, okay. Old. I was gonna yeah. say because like it, no, no, because it's the current free blade list is like it's it's pretty good, uh, but the the gist of it revolves around having uh, Paladin and Errant. I say Errant now. I used to be on the Paladin boat uh, that hands out a permanent four up buff I got to. You. And okay. minus one damage to, to the little boys, and you have like ten little boys running around that just yeah. score for you. But that guy's uh, gonna die in most matchups. I minute think. if you're on if you're on bad terrain, if you're on GW boards, Depticon boards, uh, a lot of ITC boards, a lot of FLG boards. Yeah, if you're on your TTC, Freebie Lance gets a bit better. WTC, it's kind of side grady because those big L's can guard you, but not always. It kind of depends on board. Um, yeah, strike and I like shield Kranis is a very singles, interesting build. I think Freeman Lance and teams might still have play. But. Yeah. Uh, um, but if you're playing into a guns meta, the Tyrannus build just brings better guns. Yep. Yeah, yeah getting uh, Knight of Mars to change the dice to a six with your Aaron <sighs> is just like wipe squads. Yeah. It's great. So much yeah. fun. You want to get rid of a Russ? It's gone. Promise. Um, also, Mysterious Guardians is cool, and more people should run that. But other than that. Yeah. Being able to turn one. Uh, basically outflank knights onto your board is real hilarious. We're going to ask just TJ this next question, because I feel like our three answers are going to be tinged with, you know, protectiveness. TJ, what's your thoughts on the chaotic positive nature of the Statue Discord? I haven't had any issues with it. It's been pretty nice. You know, people are uh, generally okay. Um, there's like a cult in there, but that's okay. You know, I'm a chaos guy, so I don't mind cults, but there's definitely a cult in, in there. Um... But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's pretty good. You know, I just recently joined it, so I've had no complaints yet. Only there are at least so two cults in our Discord. Uh, there's at also a shout out for Miniature Opportunity Golf, which is a, a thing that's encouraging us to sell unwanted and paint old paint want models, uh, which is we're currently at minus 400, which means we painted and sold 400 more models than we bought it since it started, which is a good sign, guys. Well done. Wow. Okay. 
Um, TJ, Anthony says you're an amazing cook. What's your favorite meal that you like to cook for yourself and others? Mm, I like to bake. Uh, it's probably better than cooking. So cookies is probably like my favorite thing to, uh, to bake. So chocolate chip, white chip cookies are like my jam or chocolate chip and peanut butter chips are really, really good. So, so I made those for Anthony. For cookies next time we see him. Yeah, I made them for Anthony and, and the group when we did a playtest weekend. So if you guys uh, are ever invited to a playtest weekend where we're doing a whole bunch of practice games, they'll be there. So you just got to get in. TJ, nice. what's your favorite One Piece arc? Ooh, ah, man, that is rough. <laughs> um... Wano is really good. Also, like, Wano is new. He'll, he has new gear in Wano, so, like, that's really, really strong. Um, Whole Cake Island was pretty great, though. Like, that, that was a pretty good one as well. Um, yeah, and uh, Terror Bark was, or the, the Terror one is, is really good, too. Uh, um, that's the... Where he gets his, a massive weave. It's great. Oh, yeah, dude. It's... Whoo! Yeah. Unabashedly so. Yeah, yeah I don't. Yeah, TJ's I got that. a scar brand body pillow. That's all you need to and know. Now I now I just want to know what TJ is watching right now for this season. Uh, everything. I just uh, yeah, we're watching uh, My Hero Academia right now. We just uh, we're we're trying to get through that right now. That shit is the new season. Season six is dark as hell. It is wild. Like if you were casually picking that show up and then you watch like the first five and like first month and then you get to the sixth season you're like what happened like who hurt you from this season to this like main characters are dying people are like losing limbs and shit like it's wild man so but yeah all right what's holding gk back the secretaries look good is the player base too many experienced players is there a deadly flaw in this designer matchup there's everybody's building to be space space marines right now and space marines die when they're not good yeah. space marines. They're just space marines. The actual yeah. marine bodies are not good in space marines, and Grey Knights have the best marine bodies, but they're still marine bodies. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, I mean, that's instant, like, that's literally what it is at the end of the day. You're a space marine army, you obey by how space marines are currently functioning in the meta, and they're not doing they're not only at the top, they're somewhere in the middle, so that's where your Grey Knights are going to be a little below that, because they're still not Space Marines at the end of the day. Cool. Space Marines are definitely, like, at least partially a glass hammer army right now, right? Because they're fast and quick and hit hard, but they die, like, immediately. Yeah, except, for, except for Terminators. At the end of the day, your Grey Knights, you shoot bolters. Like, that's, your guns have no AP, you have damage two or damage three if you get lucky. That's it. Like, that's okay. Cool. You're also very much beholden to your psychic powers, which in certain matchups is just a nightmare. I don't know. Like, when you run a squad of fiends up there and you make a minus two and they fail every spell for the entire phase, something like that probably not help you out. Yeah. GK have, have difficult to cast powers with the super crunch on. Their damage output is good in combat, but that's kind of it. Other yep. than very specific models that rely on psychic powers. They have fine secondaries, but not great secondaries in a meta where the best armies have great secondaries or have such powerful armies they don't care. And they're not that. that that's still the problem. And then they're also, if you make a mistake with Grey Knights, you will just lose because there is yeah. there aren't recovery mechanics. You don't have ways to get back into the game. Once you've, you know, once you're not holding three objectives anymore, you're not getting points for, you know, you're probably taking banners, you're probably taking purifying ritual. Once you're not on three objectives anymore, you're not getting points on those. So if this game slips away from you, there is no recovery mechanism. There's no way to get back into it. Uh, and I think that's just part of the problem. Yep. 
Next, Typhus has asked us to read this question just to make Pumba aware that he has no sway over army picks or Alpine. That's it. That's the question. Uh, I agree. Uh, Pumba, you are captaining, though, so please could you organize everything? That would be great. <laughs> um, Ethan asks, does the amount of indirect fire from the new Marines concern you? Seems like a lot of output, especially since they're really good with the air hands. I need to see points, and I need to see like how a few other things work, like signums, uh, what squad sizes they come in. Like We don't have all the information yet. Um, they could be very good. They, they definitely on Saturday be, when all the previews go up. Be, uh, you know, a hammerfall bunker where everyone was talking how crazy these things were and where are the hammerfall bunkers? I've In ordered 10. I think I'll stop at 10 unless they end up being nuts. But they seem like a thing that could be cool to have. I hope they can go in impulsors. I think that would be a cool option for Iron Hands in a more sane meta. Um, it, it's cool to have some primary shooting options that are actually shooting options instead of Hellblasters. Yeah. And in like two editions, when they get you know, like strength nine and d6 plus six damage and three shots on their guns, we'll all be glad to have them. <laughs> um, Joel says, TJ, as a, if a Harlequin player appears into this weekend at Winter Ruin, any tips for them? Harlequin player. Oh, man. Fuck her up. Yeah, that's such a, that's such a rough matchup. Um, <laughs> that bird just like makes you cry on the inside because like, the, the gateway just picks up entire squads. Just play the mission, bro. Yeah. Try to go after try to go after the stuff you can go after. You got a Slanesh strat. I would recommend keeping CP for it. Try to use it as often as possible. And if all else fails, just go after the bird. Just send your whole army into the bird. I'm sure nothing bad will happen to you. You'll be fine. Kill the <laughs> kill the scoring. Play the mission. Hope the best. Hope it's a good mission for you. Yeah. Uh, and hope and hope you're better than TJ or get him drunk. I'm like yeah, yeah, that those things. 100%. Those are all options. Yeah, uh, and finally, Chris asks TJ, "Does pineapple belong on pizza?" Absolutely not. <laughs> Get the Fair. fuck out of here! Like, come on now. <laughs> no, no muting our guests. <laughs> Listen, I was just going to say, as someone who has tried it, I'm not a fan. It's not the worst thing I've ever had on pizza. I'll tell you that right now. What um, is? Broccoli. Fuck that shit. Broccoli is pizza. Yeah, it's gross, man. But, you know, Chris, we got pineapples also belong with pizza. And retroactively, I'm removing you from Team Scotland for thinking it might. Um, yeah. I'm sorry you had to find out this way. Also, my mom can't watch Nara this weekend anymore. Um, it gives you a nice. It's like it's better than how you try it. Like it's like a it's like a it's like a, a sweet and like it's like a sweet and sour. So it's not like oh my god, this is the worst thing I ever had. But it's definitely not my normal what I would normally put on pizza. That would not be a thing. I had chorizo on my pizza tonight. I think I was fine with just leaving it there. I'm just gonna put a can of pineapples the next time we hang out. Whatever you eat, I'm I'm making you pineapple pizza. Make pineapple cookies. I reckon you could ruin someone's day with those. Oh man, I don't. <laughs> so Actually, like such a wet ingredient. Pineapple cubes. That's what well, it'll be. No, no, candy pineapple cookies. Oh, I could do that. Yeah, that's definitely something I could do. There you go. All right, boys. Should we wrap it up? Yes. Yeah. TJ, thank you so much for being on the show this week. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. Uh, we will get this shared out in all, to all the places. Uh, if you want to check out TJ, he is on Patreon at Lord of Chaos and also on Facebook. If you want to see all of his videos and all of his chaos content, you want to hear even more from his dulcet tones and the fact that he brought something that resembled the culture in his dress. This show was very impressive. Um, no one's ever worn a collar on the show, on the show before. And frankly, I think that it's 
I'm disappointed that you broke our streak a little bit. Um, Sorry about that. But thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. This was a blast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Jeremy and Nathan, for going through all the stats and being wonderful sounding boards for us. As always, I'm going to shut up now and let everybody get away. If you could like to drop us a like, a comment, subscription, all that cool stuff, or check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash statcheck. We really appreciate it. And we will see you next week or on Thursday for X and 1. Well, bye. For more shows like this, check out the Goonhammer Media Network. More info at media.goonhammer.com.